You are now listening to Out of the Blank. Now you understand we're recording in progress. Mike Whack Brackets, man himself, the legend, the myth, the man. I run out of syn- the verbs or synonyms. Well, my wife could add a few more of those in there, but none of them are good. <laughs> I love it when like you meet somebody and they just go, hey, is that a good verb? That's a very good verb or adjective. I'm like, I don't, I remember learning about those, but I've never really focused in and really soaked in. The, this kind of just escaped my grasp, I think. I'm more interested in like UFOs and shit. Yeah, nobody knows what a gerund is. So that's a good one too. I've heard of it, but I don't know what it is anymore. No, nothing. Yeah, I'm blank. I'm I'm into the blank because I have no idea what a gerund does. I thought the whole point of the show was to be out of the blank. It takes me a minute. I got to get my feet wet. I think like the best way to describe society is by our attention spans. And if you look at Twitter and their trending list, it's like a person's cocaine habit. Like they're like, they're looking like Megan Fox is trending. It's always something with politics, politics, politics. Then it's like, what happens if I overdose on cocaine and how much cocaine is an overdose? And then now like, what is that? Uh, victim or Vic Vix vapor cream is trending. Oh, vapor rub. I actually saw that this morning. It's like, how the hell is Vix vapor rub trending? Cause there's like a flu going around. That's not COVID. I don't think. Cause whenever you even say I'm, you don't even want to say you're sick anymore because if you say that people just assume you have, I got food poisoning. And I was, I thought it was COVID. I was like, oh my God, but I smelled my buddy's dog. And I was like, this dog smells awful. I was like, oh, thank Christ. It's not COVID. I smelled my buddy's dog. That should be an actual doctor recommendation. I don't know if I can smell. Does your buddy have a dog? Why? Yes, he does. Go smell it. See what that dirty motherfucker smells. It was kind of like Dewey Cox where he's outside sniffing shit after he gets his smell back after all those years of not having. He's like, oh, it's so bad, but it's so good. I'm like, exactly. It's like the best test ever. Yeah, dogs, wet dog smell. I won't go into a long diatribe about wet dog smell, but it is one of the most unique smells known to me. It's like when they have that bean boozled uh, jelly bean game, and then they somehow got lawn trimmings into a jelly bean flavor. And you're like, I don't know how you guys really capture. It's like candles, though. Is it is it just my brain being tricked because I have a blueberry tobacco candle? It doesn't smell like either, but just the name of it makes me think that this is what I'm smelling. Yeah, I, I can't answer that for you. Blueberry tobacco. Blueberry tobacco, did you say? What? I like the smell of tobacco. Okay, fair. Is that I don't. But okay. I, no. You don't I'm like walking into like an old lady's apartment and she's been huffing cigarettes on her couch and sticking in. Because my buddy, um, maybe it's nostalgia for me because like my grandparents smoked always in the house. And then my buddy's um dad is from the UK, but he was like 60 when I was like 10 he was just way older and he would always just smoke and watch ufc on the tv and i'm like he's smoking in the house and he's like yeah my dad's from england i'm like oh shit england people i'll see it's not only well i am a man of a particular age 50 yesterday actually so congratulations thank you i made it this long i'm pretty impressed but um but yeah smoking was just everywhere when i was a kid my parents smoked they don't smoke now they quit smoking everybody smoked it was in restaurants you could smoke in airplanes People used to smoke in board meetings. It was literally, it's like mad men in reality. People just, they were just human chimneys. And I think I grew up with that and it was just, it was too much. And so, yeah, somewhere along the way, 
and it's actually I won't I won't go down any political rabbit hole unless you want to. And even then, I'm not very political. But uh, the one thing that smoking is kind of funny is that when smoking was mandated, it was very much kind of like or let me put it this way, smoking in restaurants, et cetera, is not mandated, but most places won't allow you to do it anymore. Some places still do. But when that first became a thing, it's like, we're not going to allow smoking in restaurants. It was very much like the vaccine. Even people that were didn't smoke would be like, yeah, but you're impeding on people's rights. It's like, so it's my right to come and blow smoke in your fucking face. So my whole thing was I wanted to take and like light a bag of shit when I went in a restaurant and just sat there and like waff it. And they'd be like, why do you have a bag of shit? It's like, to my right, I love the smell of a bag of shit. But yeah, it, it over the years, we've gone from being where it was, hey, smoking is, is your, you know, you can't impede on my rights. So literally now, even people that smoke don't smoke in restaurants. Yeah, because I mean, it used to smoke on airplanes, used to smoke. I mean, that was a big thing back in the day. Like my parents always smoked in the car and they roll the window down. I'm like, well, then the smoke's going to go where the air is going out. So it's really actually only good if you roll your window down. Then people just stop smoking in the car. Then everything's like, I know vapes are being on the chopping block right now. And it's like, it's like kind of like when I see someone say like when they like scream at you about a mask or something, I'm like, that's like walking up to someone and taking a cigarette out of their fucking mouth. Like you're going to get popped in the face just for even coming at somebody at a level 10. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't really understand people accosting people about masks or wearing a mask, not wearing a mask. It's a, you know, again, I won't get, I'm, I'm not big into the whole, you know, this whole vaccine thing and everything. It is to. what it is. So, but that being said, people's, uh, people's reaction and people's anger and angst towards people now over, over this is it's, it's, you know, not again, it's just separating people. It just gives us another reason to hate people. And I don't, I don't like hating people. I like being a jolly dumb ass and just having fun. I think it's just the suppression aspect of stuff. It's kind of like when Thanksgiving rolls around every year, there's always a bunch of people like, you don't know the true meaning of Thanksgiving. It's like, yeah, it was to celebrate 50 years of peace. You're just worried about all the other stuff like that whole dinner. That's the whole point of the thing. But everyone just brings up the Native American stuff. I'm like, Jesus, like, can nobody celebrate a holiday anymore? And I'm like, that's the thing is, I think it's just a bunch of people pent up. And that's why we see fighting on social media. I'm like, I think it's just like, I'm not opposed to doing the AI simulation thing. I used to be really against technology. Technology. But when I hear like you hear people play video games 24 seven and just constantly be sucked up into it, I'm like, dude, fuck it, man. That's easier life than going out into the world and trying to be anything, because right now it's just not a great time. No, everybody's social media is such a ridiculous thing. I've, uh, I'm, again, a man of particular age, but I've also been doing Internet type things since I was 12. I used to run a bulletin board system. I don't know if you know what that is, but it's literally I ran a phone line and people call into my house and they could post messages on a bulletin board. So I was like really involved in this. So I think I, I won't say I understand it. I've just been around it longer than a lot of people. And literally, you could see it was about the late 90s. Politics went berserk in very small subsections. I, I ran my I ran a game and I had a message board. And on my message board for this horse racing game, people love to post about politics. So I was like, I can't stand it. I don't want to moderate it. So I made a political only board. The political only board got like five times the post of, of what the game was for. People just talk politics. Then I would get emails from Americans. I had an American guy respond to me and said, this guy's anti-American. I think you should remove the message. I'm like, isn't the whole point of America to have fucking your freedom to say whatever the fuck you want just because he doesn't like America? So, but I was like, Social media is just, it's, it brings out the worst in people. It turns people into enemies. I make a very specific 
packed with my neighbors. I was like, I don't know your politics. I don't want to know your politics. To me, politics are like assholes. You know, everybody has a political opinion, just like they have an asshole, but I don't go around showing mine and nobody wants to see mine and I don't want to see anybody else's. Do what I do, shit on everybody. That's all I do. If I, someone's a Trump supporter, I, I'll just shit on that. And then a Biden supporter, I'll shit on that. But I don't, I'm not the type that's like very enforcive with it. I just like, I'm more afraid of like an Illuminati scenario, which everyone's like, Illuminati's not real. I'm like, no, but there's a, definitely people that we know that have a lot of money that are always in constantly in the eyes of the media. Who's to say there's not a lot of people with a lot of money that are just making shit run the way they want? And they don't care about the fame behind it. No, I mean, that's really, you know, you see, the big concern with me and Bitcoin is that there's so much money in Bitcoin that's not really anything. People are like, why don't you invest in crypto? And obviously I should have in hindsight because I'd be a lot richer than I am today. But they're like, it's just like money. It's like people, you know, money's not backed by anything. I'm like, yeah, but you know what? If I try to manipulate the U.S. dollar, I'm going to have the U.S. fucking military breathing down my, neck, down my neck. When Bitcoin gets their own fucking army, then I'll start buying Bitcoin until somebody can fucking enforce it. And most of the Bitcoin is backloaded to a handful of people that can still and do actively manipulate the Bitcoin market. Fuck Elon Musk, because everybody's like, oh, well, Elon Musk said that he was going to, he posted a picture of a dog on the fucking internet, and then this coin went this way and that way. That's really only a small scale of the manipulation. That can take place because it's so backloaded. These people can literally pump and dump at will, manipulate the market, and turn Bitcoin into real money. It's like, why did Bitcoin ever get associated with real money? People argue it's better than real money. Then why do people fucking sell it? So I had a person explain Bitcoin to me because I didn't know and I really was really getting interested into stocks at the time because I saw that's what kind of the world has gone to is like doing stocks better is probably a great way to make money rather than like, you know, keep doing the same job and just work your way up. Seems like stocks is pretty easy. There's a 14 year old and a seven year old that have mastered Bitcoin to where they're making like, I think, $14,000 a day. And like the you could tell the seven year old doesn't know what the fuck to do with their money. She's literally bought Pokemon like stuffed animals all over her wall. She probably bought off eBay and shit like Neopets and stuff that go for like hundreds and hundreds of dollars because they don't make them anymore. And that's the weird part is like when uh, Anonymous made that fake video, which was not actually anonymous. It was some person just dressed up in an anonymous mask, but you can't tell because you don't know who the fuck runs it because everybody's anonymous. And by definition, they, they uh, literally attacked Elon Musk and said, we're coming after you. Like, we're going to go into your home and invade you because of the fact that you crashed the market when it came to this thing. And it's like, yeah, it's all literally subjective to one person tweeting. And that's what you see with Bitcoin, for instance. I, at the time, I was talking to my buddy because I was worried about I'm trying to get into Bitcoin now and I'm not really understanding it. And now they're finding a way to tax it. And like Bitcoin has now died off like almost. I mean, it still talks about it, crypto and all. You'll see an advertisement. But back like what four months ago it was like the top thing everybody was on it but then they figured out how to tax it the government did and i'm like now they're talking about non-fungible tokens which is buying a moment of time like you could buy the minute you lost your virginity and you could sell that and i'm like fuck man like what i i try and disconnect from the social media i've been painting a lot like trying to paint oh just because cool. i've watched the bob ross documentary and i realized oh my god like they really fucked over bob ross and i used to think that guy like obviously had like a drinking problem but no his past is really really dark huh yeah i'm not aware I've, I've heard of that documentary but i have not seen it he died of lymphoma and in the documentary they hinted at all the paint thinner he used might have caused it and i was like oh, what are you doing to me <laughs> it's yeah nfts the thing I, I hate nfts the way they are now i won't 
I don't know tons. I'm not going to be on here and act like a fucking expert in cryptocurrency or blockchain. Who's an expert? I'm not an expert. Let's just shoot. (laughs) (laughs) But I do love the actual blockchain blockchain technology in theory because it gives you a ledger that is a public ledger and you can see where things went. People act like you can hide behind, you know, when, oh, well, I'm trading Bitcoin anonymously. If you've got a wallet, technically you can, it shows you who traded what. They try to wash it and send it through a whole bunch of different wallets. But the, the, the actual transaction ledger is amazing. It's a great technology. I think it's, it's going to stick. I don't know if cryptocurrency will stick, but I think blockchain technology will stick. The thing about NFTs that I actually think have a future isn't in the use that you mentioned, which is the use that's getting so much attention now, kind of like the NBA hot shots or whatever. And you can buy, oh, you can buy this five-second clip of a guy doing a layup and it costs you $10,000. It's like, who the fuck wants that? It's, I can watch the clip. I don't own it. I can watch the clip. But where NFTs are actually going to become useful, I think, and I'm actually going to try to put some in my game eventually. And technically, my horse racing game, I've had NFTs without calling them NFTs for over 20 years, as has places like World of Warcraft. Because you own an, a game, you may own, like in my game, you own a horse, you own a simulated horse. Or in a game like World of Warcraft, you might own a character. Technically, these are pseudo NFTs. They just haven't been traded on a blockchain. So if you can take and you can blockchain what are technically virtual items, and that's starting to become more relevant now, and you can turn that into a virtual item and be able to transfer it uh, between people. Right now, it's it's clunky. I don't even allow horse trades in my game because it's real clunky because then it asks me to get involved, and then I have to make sure, and somebody's worried about, oh, well, this guy was supposed to pay me this money, or they want me to be an intermediary. Intermediary. If you can put that on a blockchain, it actually becomes very useful for a non-fungible item and more so than just like, oh, this picture that Banksy supposedly drew with shit, you know, that he found in the dumpster. I don't know. But it becomes a real item, something that people can use. It's it's entertainment. Now, is it like when people buy certain like you can buy like certain things on World of Warcraft to upgrade your character quicker and better? Now, are these just these token kind of things? Are they just able to be like more advancements to the game to give you an upper head, kind of like an equipment in a way? It's going to depend on each game and depends on how they would incorporate said NFT because NFT in the blockchain is kind of the theory. I mean, theoretically, you could have even though somebody would. Somebody's probably going to going to reach out to you and go, this guy's an idiot. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Truth is, you can have an NFT without blockchain technology because the blockchain, all the blockchain does is it's a ledger and it shows you and it allows people to trade it back and forth. And it's a peer-to-peer network generally, as far as the way that it gets handled. You can even do peer to you can do blockchain technology without peer-to-peer. Again, that's kind of an argument some people have that you can't because that's the way they understand it. But in reality, the blockchain technology is is what allows you it just keeps the track keeps track of things mm-hmm. but as far as like the in-game things like i said i technically have these non-fungible tokens in my game but in reality you can't trade them they're not on a blockchain so what i would have to do is i would have to incorporate those into a blockchain and then at that point people i would have to allow a way and this is one thing that blockchain technology from what i understand it doesn't do a good job of now is the ability to say kind of from a game standpoint, reach out and say, this person has this wallet, so to speak. And then it goes out, finds the wallet, and then is able to prove that this person has it and automatically move the non-fungible token inside the game based on the blockchain. Because blockchains as they were, at least the original ones, the 
original Ethereum and uh, Bitcoin, et cetera, they were primarily written as not, they weren't designed for non-fungible tokens. And they're trying to, in a way, shoehorn a non-fungible token idea into blockchain. But I think that there's probably, I wouldn't be surprised in the next few years if somebody comes up with an alternate blockchain that's actually very useful, that is designed not for tokenization, but more for actual NFT ledger. Now, if it's possible to buy a moment, like buy a, like a moment in time or a certain thing, like a championship or something like that, and own that moment so where you only have that recording, and is it possible to incorporate that more into our lives on a daily basis? Like back in the day, they had the Charger Hellcat, and the Charger Hellcat had multiple keys. There was a yellow key, a red key that unlocks the full potential of your engine. So I'm curious to see if with more objects in time today, are we going to have things that are going to be like paywalls in such a way where it's not really like advertisements, but with physical actual objects. So you unlocked your water, but only 50% of the water is going going to be yours and i'm like well then how do i own the full percentage of the water it might not be as simple as that but that's just a a, a quick example because like the hellcat for instance you own the car and you got the keys but then there were people that would only like when they did a, a, a rental person would use their car and be like hey park my car the valet or whatever they would give the person the slow key and the slow key only unlocked the engine 25%. So you weren't able to actually go because there was a lot of counts at the time when this happened. I think it was like two, three years ago. There was accounts of people taking the valet cars and driving them around and then filling it up with gas and then putting it back and saying, here's your car. But so you could give it to a family member, give them the yellow key. With jet skis, we do the same thing. With jet skis, you give the guest keys where they only go like 70 and then the the guide keys go 20 miles faster so i'm able to catch up to you and stop you from hitting something huh no yeah i, I think the thing is with with the crypto particularly in this non-fungible token i think that once it gets into the real world it ceases to not it may prove ownership to some degree and you might be able to sell it but you still have to get the item back somehow i mean it, if say that you could actually use a crypto ledger to have artwork and you could actually keep a public ledger of your artwork, an actual physical art piece. But it becomes down like, say that you bought a piece of artwork from me using a non-fungible token or it's proof. And you went ahead and paid me and I went ahead and put it on the blockchain ledger. You'd be like, okay, that's great. And I'd be like, yeah, but I still have the piece of artwork. You still have to rely on me to give it to you. I guess at that point, it would be at the time of purchase, I would give it to you. We would do the ledger and the money would change hands all at the same time. But it's still a, yeah, once it becomes a, a trading of real items, it becomes a little trickier. Though that being said, you can still use that type of technology for that. And there's still, especially in the art world, I could see that being useful for daily items, probably not so much so, but for things to prove that someone owns something that is authentic is it's, there's still a use for that. Well, you just described to me is exactly why I fear eBay. Because eBay, like you buy something, you don't know if you're going to get that item. Like there's plenty of accounts of people buying a laptop or a phone, a brand new one. They open it up, it's a fucking brick or something. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, similarly, not exactly the same, but it happens on Amazon all the time too, is there's a bunch of fake items on Amazon and they look kind of like the real thing and they sell it. And if you get it, it's kind of the real thing. But then you find out later it's not. I think when uh, when masks were a big thing, uh there were like Hanes, uh, Hanes sold a pretty good box of the mask that was really affordable, especially when masks were first coming out. And I was reading online and people were buying what they thought were Hanes masks from Amazon and they would get the box. They were like, they weren't even individually wrapped. They were, so it's just people lying and putting things out there. So similar to eBay, but kind of falsely 
falsely portraying one one item as another item, obviously from Argo. It makes me start to think a little bit more about like, because I always have a fear when I go and check my bank account through my ATM. I don't have it on my phone. I always check it at my ATM. Like if I just get, they're just going to, what happens if it's all my money's just gone? It's just zero in my bank account. And it's like, I know that's a fear, but I think now I've had a more realization of like, there isn't really a lot of cash anymore. Like having, let's say 20 grand in your wallet compared to 20 grand in your bank account. Now, you know, you still have 20 grand, but it's just ones and zeros, not the actual physical there's a difference when you get the like even when you get a gift card and like a, a Christmas card, I fucking want the cash. You know what I mean? Like I, it's it's not to be disrespectful of the gift, but it's an object of like it's a different feeling when you see because that's physical paper that we've went on for so long and then everything's gone digital. I mean, I expect in the next 10, 15 years, everything's going to be digital. We're seeing that now where Apple Pay is normalized, where I'm like, holy shit, like he's. I thought that was a weird that they used three years ago. That used to be the craziest idea when someone came up to you go, do you have Apple pay? Well, fuck, we don't have Apple pay, but then it's like the electric car industry back before the, where there was one electric car slot at a gas station. Now at the gas station that I remember only having one has at least 10. And I'm like, Whoa, how long until gas is phased out? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it'll be as far as kind of like the ones and zeros and the money, it, it is, there is a fear to it and there should be a fear to it. Uh, eventually, the first thing I think that should go, obviously, are coins, uh, at least anything under a dollar, okay? Anything trading under a dollar. It's getting to the point there's not much in society you can buy for under a dollar, anything under 50 cents. Just round everything up to 50 cents. If you can't make it over 50 cents, we're making a dollar. But you know, pennies cost more than to create than they're worth. And people have change and they throw it around. Nobody cares. Let's get rid of all that. And as far as actual money being in a bank, like you said, having real money, there's a, there is a power to it. There is an entry. Like we we're talking about things smelling dogs, for instance, there is a unique smell to money, especially coins, which I was just talking about getting rid of, but yeah, it's, there's a smell. There's kind of like a digital book. I've always been very much of, and I'm not much of a reader. But if I read, I want to read a real book. I don't want to sit here and scroll through something. It's not the same experience. And there yeah. is a physical aspect, but that is, again, going back to crypto, not to beat this dead horse. But uh, that is the nice thing, at least about money, is if, say, that your money, uh, you suddenly go to the bank and it shows zero dollars, at least you have some recourse. You can go to Chase and be like, look, show me the history of how I came down to zero dollars. And they may go, yeah, well, you're dumbass. Uh, you weren't paying attention. And you spend all your money. You're just an idiot. Or they may go, oh, somebody stole your money. And generally, believe it or not, a lot of Chase, for instance, is a, is a great example. They actually, not a big Chase fan here, I guess, but I can say that my parents had their credit card compromised and they were very good. Uh, their credit card as well as their bank card. And they were very good about refunding that money. So you do have some recourse in that regard. Whereas like crypto, when somebody breaks into your crypto account, you're just fucked. Yeah, that's a see. I, I don't know. I start to revert back to like my great grandparents who grew up in the depression and start littering their house with holes in the walls, just stored cash deposits and everything like that. Because I'm like, I don't look, dude. It's so crazy, especially with like the after the pandemic and everything. It's just been like this whole like, could it all go down? Could I, I would be okay with all the internet, everything just. To the, if the year 2000 happened and all EMP technology went out and I know it would suck for a lot of people, but I think you would start reverting and having back some major prioritized skills. Like I know that Tesla is making a robot now and I'm cool with that. It's a Tesla bot. A lot of people are upset because this, the screen is its whole face. 
So it looks like it has blackface. And I'm like, I don't think that's what, okay. But people would just want to complain about Elon Musk for so many things. Um, I respect the guy mostly because he changed his Twitter handle from Elon Musk to name. Cause I was like, it says on your profile, enter your name. He goes name. Cause that's what it says. <laughs> and so enter your name. So name. Okay. So he, he took it like that and he just thought it would be funny, but with the Tesla bots, that's going to cause that you're not like, for instance, video games, the biggest fear for it was that people were never going to experience their real life. They rather lived the one in the virtual video game. And for a lot of people, that was a thing because a lot of people might have been bullied, might not have been the most popular, might have not been as good looking as you are. And <clears throat> they're playing a video game. And in the video game, they're a fucking legend. They're a god in the video game. And then when they died in the video game, people gave a fuck about them. They were waiting to see that online thing pop up where they could easily message him. He's walking around married to people in the video game and having so much fun on World of Warcraft. But then in his everyday life, he's working a stock job. He's not wanting to leave his house. And it's kind of like that with the robot stuff. Eventually, if you have a robot in your house that has communication skills like a human, you're not going to want to fucking leave and go associate with people, which even though as tasking as it is, you need to do it sometimes so you understand, okay, like I, after the pandemic, when we, we all opened back up for uh, months and months ago, the weirdest thing to me was that when I was walking in the street and you see it now is that people say things and they have conversations like if it's a fucking movie script. And I realized oh, that was all we could really do during the pandemic if you didn't have family members at home was watch Netflix or streaming services or call somebody. And it's like a lot of people just monitored like, hey, Jim. And it's like. There's assassins in the woodwork in the woodwork. And you're like, what the fuck are you talking about? It's like he watched a John Wick movie and I won't shut. The That's all his lines that he talked. He doesn't know how to have a conversation anymore. And it's like you start to realize, like when I take a week off of doing the podcast, when I come back to it, I'm rusty as shit because I haven't practiced those skills. It's like if I took you off your horse game for a year and then I told you to hop right back on it and be as good as you were before, you're going to take a little bit to get back to the, the steps of it. No, you're 100 percent right. And. I uh, not to sit here and, and compliment you profusely, but I will say I really enjoy the conversations you have. And you can tell that you've mastered a craft of speaking and you're very good at it. You're 900 and some episodes into it now. Uh, no, you're, you actually do very well. I've been I've had a lot of people. I've talked to a lot of people. You're very good. It does. But I think that was one thing that when I started podcasting, I did that for that exact reason. That's why when I'm on a podcast with somebody like you, I do appreciate the time and effort you put into it because part of the reason I started a podcast was because at work, my boss had told me, and again, it was similar to you. I was not working with people. My communication skills had gotten rusty and I was just promoted recently. And he said, you really need to work on your communication skills again, which was something I used to be good at. And then I, like you mentioned, I got bad at it. So part of the reason I even began podcasting in the first place was to sharpen those up. And I went on a real tear where I would get people and people and people and work very hard to get that skill back to something that's at least passable. And but to your point is that it is a hugely important skill to be able to communicate well, even if you're not that smart. Me, for instance, but if even if you're not that intelligent, at least you don't come across sounding like a bumbling idiot. And it's a it's a nice skill set to have. And we do lose it when we don't use it, so to speak. Maybe it's because I've been talking to a lot of anthropologists and people that just study history. But when you look at how 
people survived back in the day. And I know for a fact, I could not survive like, you know, by candlelight or trying to hunt for my own food. That was a skill that was eventually bred out of us. And then now we kind of have this easy for comfortability and ease of access with technology and things in a grocery store to get food where I'm like, I wonder what the next thing that we're going to lose where we're going to end up looking back like 10 years later, like, oh shit. Yeah. We totally forgot how to do that. Like back in the day when you used to on your phone, now you can just easily type and do a bunch of shit like that. But then Back in the day when the first phones came out, you had to click a button three fucking times to get a letter. And there were some people that were gods at it. They were like, they said you a paragraph before you could even get a, a word finished. I was always slow at that. And then the Blackberry came out and then it was easier to be able to type. People use Blackberries were business phones. You get the little spinny ball. You could easily slide over to your tabs and do it. It's like having a computer almost. And then the iPhone came out. And now it's like, imagine tossing an old rotary phone to someone today and be like, you Use this. You remember how to use it, but it's good. You're slower than you, you remember before. You used to call up, hey, you know, you used to have the phone walk around the house with the cord. Hopefully, no one was sitting at the corner and you choke them out with the cord as you walked around. But it's very interesting because I, I took a a break from social media from recording and I started painting and I started kind of getting into a bunch of stuff and just trying to really go out and experience more of like something to get like you know you have those goods in the bad days and you have the long ones trying to relax a little bit and you start to realize like the shit that you're missing out on which i wouldn't take back any of the episodes i recorded because that's just logged up there it's always going to be up there but i look at it like how fragile is content creation how fragile is your life how fragile is the basic necessities of just like i mean even if you work at an office shop you're sitting down 24 7 there's some stuff that comes with your spine there's some stuff that comes with your body there's some stuff that ends up getting neglected that you don't realize until the damage is already done where i'm like man it's going to be a curious next couple of years i think there's going to be a giant pushback on social media mostly i know we were talking off air a little bit but um with steve coming back to blues clues and everyone being so happy i'm like man I look at it a little bit differently than most people, mostly because it's like attention. It's trying to get like a money thing for everyone putting up memes and he's now being a meme and a gif and he's probably going to be, I mean, memes are basically, if you're a meme, you're restored in history forever. But I see that and I'm like, that was something that everyone forgot about for so long and then it was brought back. And I'm, wondering if it's going to be a bunch of things being brought back like you know park chess games i don't know if the pandemic is going to, have to keep throwing a monkey wrench into that but an aspect of like i think people are going to hop off social media a lot more and go experience the world and technology is going to kind of fall back for a little bit but then they're going to make if you're going to go camping they're going to make a camping fucking app bring your camping companion to your fucking and it's like it's still going to try and find a way in it's kind of like money went to bitcoin Bitcoin now is taxed. Now it's going to a new form of currency that's eventually going to take hold. And it's it's weird to see the trends because I think there's like we're skipping way too fast trying to get in front of the system. But the system is catching up pretty quick, which causes us to advance even faster. And then I'm like, dude, there's going to be some major generations of like, what the fuck are we doing with our lives? I don't know math. <laughs> well, it, you know, we were just talking. I forget. We're talking about something earlier, but it actually made me think what you're talking about with math. I think we were talking about things that were taught in school and, uh, you know, we have a society today and it's unfortunate that uses math as a, as the butt of a joke, or they used to, it would be, I remember so many people, especially before the pandemic hit or before politics became so big, they would joke. They'd be like, huh, well, I have a full-time job and I've never used algebra. Ha ha ha. 
And now these are the same dumb motherfuckers that are trying to interpret charts for me. They admittedly don't even know how to fucking add, subtract, multiply, and divide, and they were proud of it. And now they're trying to interpret charts written by college level and above professors. And they're trying to say one thing or another about the political party or a vaccine or the lack of a vaccine or whatever. And people have, and that's the concern. Social media is part of the concern, but and it is. I think social media is, is a cesspool and it, it leads people to anger and angst. But the ability and of the internet in general and articles out there that are literally a page or page and a half long, many of them slanted in a direction where the writer wants to take it. And you have people that usually the biggest offenders on the internet that go out there and regurgitate crap they don't understand boiled down to someone, boiled down to them by someone who already has an agenda. And we are taking, and people, it's, you see it all the time, and the memes, we were talking about memes, where it'd be like, this is where, I, this is where the person on Facebook got their degree, and it's some lady on a toilet looking at her phone, because people are trying to replace education with this faux internet education, but schools, one thing schools need to teach besides math, and don't get me wrong, I have a math degree, ooh, big fucking deal. But the one thing that would benefit people in every walk of life, teach finance starting in middle school. So many people don't even understand how common interest rates work. They don't understand why their credit card payment is so high. They're like, I didn't spend that much money, and now I'm spending all this extra money, and I only spent this much, but now I have to spend 20 and 30%, 50% extra just to cover what I spent in the past. You know, people, payday loan places shouldn't even be a fucking thing. I actually understand why they exist. And there are probably instances where you desperately need a payday loan. And in that case, even with the interest rates being high, more power to you. But there are people that live paycheck to paycheck at that. And some of it, you could say, maybe they blow their money. Maybe they mismanage the finances. But they were never taught how to manage their finances in school. And we spend all this time teaching in school shit that people don't need. And personal finance is something that would just benefit everybody. I think one thing even as important as that too is just teach a class on life. And it's not the life how people always say like the life with like balancing a checkbook. But I mean, just show some beautiful aspects of the world for a lot of, because I think the depression rate has gotten so high. And I think that's just a factor of, there's so much, you don't know what's like social media used to be a, or not even social media it used to be a place to connect, but the news or the internet on your phone or Google, whatever used to be a place to get information and get some, you know, it's easier to have access accessible information onto your phone rather than trying to find a TV and look up whatever news station you want to look for. But now there's bots all over it and you don't know what the fucking believe. It's like some person runs down and learns a whole bunch of stuff that could possibly be wrong. That's why I just say there's no definitive answers on anything. I get into the politics shit because I'm more interested in like, this is the one time and I was trying to pinpoint this for the longest time, but I think this is like since 2008, maybe 2012, I guess probably 2008 when Obama got elected. That was the first time I think that people actually got somebody in office. They wanted to be in office and yeah. despite whatever happened after that, but everything after that has been a people's elected president. And now I'm starting to see like the grasp of like before. I don't think I asked my grandparents, I was like, did you ever give a fuck who your president was? Because I voted this guy. But I was like, did you care if the other guy won, though? Well, it would suck, but nobody really was going to spark up a riot. Now we're having that. And I'm like, I think yeah. the government's kind of like grit grabbing the wheel again. Like, hey, motherfucker, like we're not doing this anymore. Yeah, it's I. I agree with your grandparents. I agree with you in the fact that 
politics are, I, I understand their importance, but so many people are taking this, and I guess people that are taking it this way would try to argue me into the ground and to say, well, you're just a sheep and you just, you, you just follow whatever, and that's why you're the problem. But at the same time, literally, again, and it goes back down to people being misinformed about the information they're getting and believing, like you said, something that's not even true. And they hate Joe Biden for this reason, or they may hate Donald Trump for this reason. And only who knows what percentage of what they're reading true might be 100. It may be zero. It may be completely false. But people get down this rabbit hole and these people, these pages exist and they're shared on social media and people will start quoting them as fact when in reality somebody just created that and it's again it's a mix of social media it's a mix of politics i don't i don't know that that sadly i know we were talking you know social media people getting back into the world i'm not sure people want some people don't want to get back in the world there is a vitriol and angst that goes along with it that I think some people really enjoy. And we could even go back to a conversation we were having earlier this episode where you were talking about people being bullied. Well, I can tell you firsthand computers used to be only nerds used them. Trust me, I was one of the nerds, but only nerds used them. People used to make fun of me for using computers. Now people can't get through their day without picking up a phone. They would lose all their shit. And the truth is, is that all the bullies have done is they realize all the nerds like the Bill Gates and like the fucking Steve Jobs and all the nerds are making all the money. And so they had to get in the computer thing. And now all of a sudden they're like, they're just bringing the same bad tendencies they had bullying people to the internet. And you just have, like you said, it's a beautiful, in social media's purest form and in the internet's purest form, it is the most fascinating, best tool we could ever have. YouTube, you could literally learn on Wikipedia, YouTube, and using MIT and some other resources, you could get, you could get a college level understanding of things, but nobody ever does. They just want to go to whatever YouTube page is. They don't want to go to a, to an actual lecture of a person explaining something. They want to be told with Alex Jones and his fat ass just sitting there spewing shit and talking about, ah, what are the aliens? It's like, no, fucking actually pay attention to what, this is such a useful resource and people are just abusing it for no fucking obvious reason It's because the, it's easy. It's the way the content, like I'm, I'm an Alex Jones fan, but the one thing I do not like about him is the way he says shit is too much where I'm like, damn it. <laughs> like everyone always says like there's the vaxxers and then there's the anti-vaxxers. I'm like, what about the fucking people in the middle? What about like when there's politics, there's the people in the middle. What about the people that were at the mask? There's the people that in the middle. I don't have to wear a mask at my work. We don't have to wear a mask in our town. But if somebody tells me, if I walk into a business, I need you to put your mask on. I said, okay, I'll go back out to my car and I'll grab a fucking mask. It's just the people, like my biggest thing with politics is I like to look at like the manipulational tactics on both sides. And I think that's what social media has really become is that like nobody wants to, it's when we talk about the sheep talk. I could be called a sheep for sure, but I'm not a sheep. I don't think, at least I hope not, but I probably am in some ways because I let this device into my pocket and I'm always on it 24 seven. Cause I don't think anybody predicted the capabilities of this thing, but whether you got your shot or your dinner and you want to call that person a sheep or you call that person a sheep. I'm like, what about like, maybe you're just, why can't we just, why does it have to be down to sheep talk? Like I have an episode called welcome to the sheep show. And it's all about like, I love <laughs> the government shit and it's just getting into the government stuff. But I look at it like, Man, every time I go on social media, it's always 
one side politics or the other side politics. And they're always to the extreme. And I'm like, where's just the people that just like are asking questions, but nobody wants that person in the group. They only want to be with the people that agree with them. It's a bunch of yes men. Yeah. It's because ultimately it's become a win or lose. It's my team versus your team. Politics has become that. And the middle ground is a losing position on all sides. Because literally, if you go up against a super conservative or super liberal and you try to play that middle ground, they're like, okay, well, I've already got you this far. So anything else, they've already discounted from the other side. They're like, you've already said you're here. So we can't, now I'm going to try to bring you all the way to my side. And it's very much, it's, there is a middle ground. And that's the unfortunate thing, but you can't even vote for a middle ground politician because they won't win. That's the thing. Test the simulation. Why is that never a thing? If it's really a simulation, why don't we just vote a middleman in? Yeah. That's what people really, that's what I think 90% of America really wants is someone that is actually going to say, look, there is, you have to understand. I think that's the thing that makes it, it's this way with everything. People, it's gotten to the point people want an answer. They want a yes or a no. And they don't want this nebulous middle ground. And that's what science is to some degree at times. Science to prove a scientific theory or mathematical theory, it starts out as a theory before it can be proven. And then people are like, ah, well, this is just a theory. Somebody's coming up with this shit. And then like, see, it changed. This is what they said 12 months ago. This is what they said two years ago. And then it changed just like, because they've gotten more information. You can actually use information. Just because the information didn't exist and you made one assumption a year ago, doesn't mean you shouldn't change your opinion. If your opinion changed based on new information presented to you, you should change your opinion. But people don't want to do that because they've gotten on one side. Oh, well, you found out. This conservative value or this conservative idea is wrong. They're like, nope, still fucking right. Or this liberal idea, you see, your people well, said this. It's like, no, I'm fucking right. It's like, I no, got, I got told, in, I got told in an episode I was a fucking idiot for saying it came for saying it came from the lab. And I'm like, what are we looking at now? Like, I'm seeing the same person that called me that, not retweeting the articles from the same site that's also posting that there's now a high probability it came from that lab. And I'm like, look. I'm just saying, I didn't define that it did. I didn't define that it didn't. I just said it it could be a possibility. And I'm like, hey, look what's trending now is all these articles about the fucking lab. Yeah, and truthfully, I don't know, okay? Just, but that's the thing. You don't know what you don't know. And you, you have to take information as it's given. And you have to be smart enough to not only understand what it's saying, but allow it to seep into your head. And if you don't allow changes in ideas to seep into your head when presented with good evidence, that's on you. But yeah, do I think it came from a lab? I don't fucking know. You yeah. know, I don't know if we'll ever know. But until it's proven that it didn't, I can't honestly say it did. Or did. Look, it's kind of weird that the person that worked at the lab apparently said that it didn't and it, they've never had a bat there. And then someone showed a video of when the lab first got introduced and they had a video of the fucking bat when they, cause they were touring it and showing off their site in 2017 mm -hmm. or whatever. And they had a picture okay. of the bat and then the lady deleted her Twitter. I'm like, all right, what? <laughs> See, I haven't kept up with any of that. So fortunately, it, I think the thing is, is I, I very much am very much a browser on Twitter, etc., And I don't, go deep down many rabbit holes like that. But uh, yeah, I agree that there's, who knows? 
you know, first off, people shouldn't be posting shit like that on Twitter anyway. <laughs> so. That's the craziest thing is that like there's so much divisiveness with it, which is why I've been trying to take a break from it. Like I've been out of the politics stuff for such a while, but then like people keep bringing it because it's on everybody's mind. I've had a couple guests tell me they're like, man, you've been getting some serious in a lot of your episodes. I'm like, it's not me, though. It's just you're either thinking about it like this is what you don't want to talk about and then ends up getting dragged in because it just wills it into the conversation of the things. And I'm like, look, you should have a healthy, open discussion about this stuff. You should have a healthy, open discussion about everything. I'm not a fan. And it, it goes on both sides. My biggest issue is when you say that the other side's an idiot and you're 100 percent right. It goes with the UFO stuff. It goes with everything. You cannot have a definitive answer on anything because there's no definitives in life but death. Right. Yeah. And and. You know, that's what kills me. Don't get they've they said it about Obama. They're saying it about guys like DeSantis. They're like, that guy's a fucking idiot. I'm like, that you know, DeSantis graduated from fucking Harvard, I'm pretty sure. He's not an idiot. Now you might not like what he's doing. And you you may 100 I'm not even going to give an opinion about Rick DeSantis, Ron DeSantis. All I'm gonna say is this is that the guy's not an idiot. And if you start thinking people are idiots because they disagree with you, you've already lost. You, you may disagree with them 100%, but to just discount them as an idiot because they disagree with you or because they may, who knows what the agenda is. It may be an evil, manipulative agenda. I have no idea. He may 100% believe it. He may be 100% right. At the end of the day, to write someone off as an idiot, especially someone that is obviously well-educated, you're doing yourself a disservice. You're doing your argument a disservice. That's what with Donald Trump, for instance, people still love arguing about, oh, well, look, he's fat. Here's a picture of him supposedly shitting his pants on a golf course. I'm like, if you don't like Donald Trump, don't attack the man's looks. Don't attack that he's overweight. Don't attack that he's elderly. And who knows if he shit his pants or not? I have no idea. But if you're attacking that, you look like the fucking idiot. Attack his policies. If you don't like Joe Biden, don't say, oh, well, he has the fucking dementia. Attack his fucking policies. Prove it. Don't just say it. Prove it. And people want to attack people for the way they look. Or they want they don't even want to have a civil, understandable debate. That's what's weird about it is that like you could never body shame a model or an actor that used to be the biggest fear for them back in the day. And now it's all shifted to politics. Like the weirdest thing to me was I'm not I've I've listened to Tulsi Gabbard and I kind of like I saw her drop off, but there was a random claim that she was a Russian spy and then she totally dismissed it and cut it out. It was on the view and everyone ran with, isn't that that Russian spy lady? And I'm like, cause everyone saw the headline and not the retraction. And it's like, you start to realize like, man, I, I I'm never a hundred percent into anything. So anybody can really, it's like change my mind, except I'm not like Crowder. I'm literally a hundred percent into like, okay, well, I want to see your perspective and what your reality is. And then I'll, I'll decide for myself. But there are people out there that just go, no, fuck you. Cut it out. There was a trending hashtag of death to DeSantis on Twitter. And I was like, what are we talking about? The death of a, I don't want anybody to die. What makes that better than like Nazi Germany where people are killing other people in the street? Yeah. I Politics has become, again, I, I think I don't mind talking politics like we're talking about it, because literally, I think you and I fall in the understanding that there's a lot more. When you get somebody on one side and they just that's their fucking that's where they're going to plant their flag. Those conversations are exhausting. I don't care if you're conservative. I don't care if you're a liberal. I think I'm a they're libertarian. exhausting conversations. But there is a huge ground in the middle. And to understand that you don't have to be bipolar to you there's this nice middle ground of, of 
us as Americans, us as people in general, that we've used to seem to abide by, you know, reaching across the aisle, like they so to speak, you can't even fucking do that. They, you try to reach across the aisle, now you're labeled a traitor to your own party. It's like, so you have people that are conservatives that are trying to do something that they think is best for America, and you're calling them traitors. You have a liberal who may disagree because maybe they have a conservative value. Oh, God forbid a liberal have a conservative value, and then they're labeled as traitors. It's like, can't we just fucking understand that life should be, it, it's nebulous. It's, Never. We don't have a definitive answer. It's one side for everything or everyone dies. Um, exactly. <laughs> but I, I, I think what I get so focused on too is not only like the inner workings of it all, but just the, the fact that it's like, what's the difference between like this, the union and the South, like family members fighting each other. I know plenty of people that are, won't talk to their family members all because they disagree on a certain political stance. And I'm like, what the fuck are we talking about here? Like, that's not even a good reason for it, but people are more than happy to end a relationship or end anything all on the concept of there's a certain things you guys disagree about. Yeah. Yeah. I, again, like you, you've said here, you've said it as good or better than I could. I don't understand it. It's to me, if you love that person, they may, you may disagree with them. And if you find things that you don't agree on, like I said, I don't even, when I meet my neighbor, I was like, I don't know your politics. Don't want to know your politics happy being fucking ignorant because I want to like you and I want to understand you for who you are, particularly before I find out what political party they are. And I think that's the thing. Now people are just, they think, oh, well, you agree, you agree with Donald Trump. You're, you're an evil person. Do I believe that? No, not at all. Do it. Do you, you know, I agree with Joe Biden. Does that make somebody an evil person? No, not at all. But people are using it as an excuse. I'm not even, not even sure. Excuse is not the right word. People are using it to cut people out of their life that, why? Uh, you love this person 30, 40 years. This person gave birth to you. And now because they disagree with your politics, I haven't talked to my dad. I've seen that. I haven't talked to my dad in two years. It's like, maybe you're the fucking problem. Do you ever, this is why I bring back the EMP thing or like just the technology thing going away. I just think there needs to be a giant shutoff of a lot of this stuff. Like when tw Instagram went down about like a few weeks ago and you couldn't refresh, you couldn't do anything for a day. Now, there's an addiction property that went to that because people went to Twitter and went to the Internet to check if the Instagram server was down. I look at it like imagine if all social media just pulled out or we all just pulled out of social media. And I wonder what happens if the Internet like we just stopped going on it. Like I would like to see the old school sh like there's a. Uh, street near my buddy's house that feels like it's back in the fucking 80s, man. There's people scooter, like kids scootering in the street. There's families like pushing a baby stroller and waving, hey, Jim. Like it's a fucking weird shit. And I'm like, this is like when I was a kid. And I think with like the 9 11 stuff that happened and all this now. It was like we saw George Bush again, and I got fucking nostalgia from when I was a kid, and that was all going on. And I'm like, oh, my God, like there's that thing that can revert us back to like back when it wasn't so bad or so divisive or so angry times because right now I think everything seems new, and it is kind of with the pandemic and all, but every day seems new, which is important, but it's also new because there's always a new thing or new trend or new air, and it's way too much where something doesn't just stick in our minds for long enough. And I'm like, that's only going to ramp up our attention span to where we have like shows like Nickelodeon that used to have a four and a half minute intro where now it's cut down to less than a second. And I'm like, that's not good. <laughs> well, if you want to get real nostalgic and uh, ruin your diet while you're doing it, I actually ate yesterday for the first time in quite a while. I ate McDonald's oh. and it does bring back nostalgia. <laughs> oh my, a breakfast I'm not proud least? of myself, but there you go. Breakfast? 
No, no oh. lunch. I'm about to say breakfast is like the only thing I would, I think I could handle like a nice hash brown from McDonald's. No, I, McDonald's, there's something about a McDonald's burger that tastes just like a McDonald's burger. And it will, it will set you back in time to when you were, if you ate them as a kid, because yeah, I, I ate my weight in McDonald's and I wish I ate my weight in White Castle. My, my parents wouldn't, or my mom wouldn't go to White Castle. Not a White but Castle. I love White. There's something about a White Castle burger. As gross as it is, I eat it and I instantly feel like I'm like 13 again. Do you have anything where you not really disconnect, but do you have anything besides like work when you just want to kind of relax and just kind of get away from everything? Do you have a certain thing that you do? You know, I would love to tell you yes. The truth is, is, and I know this is going to make, this is going to sound horrible. I worked a full-time job up until recently, up until January, I guess it's not been recently, but over the last several months, I've been working on really trying to get this horse racing game to a new place because I've made some changes and I'm trying to make a run of it. It's a potential real business one day uh, as the moment I still need work on it, but it takes a lot of my time. But for so many years, and this is my fault, is that I did that as my hobby. So I would work a full-time job, then I would come home and literally throw myself into this horse racing. So I'd be working on it quite a bit during the week and then on the weekend. So it was my free time. So I kind of turned that, and I know it sounds awful, but now that I'm only doing the horse racing game, I spent years, I bet you I didn't watch, I work, I try to work out every day. And I tried it for years. What I would do during my workout routine is the only time I would watch television is right before bed when I'm laying about five, 10 minutes before I go to sleep, I try to catch the news or when I work out. So an hour a day, I get to watch my TV, get to watch my TV. I bet you I went 15 years without watching at least 10 years without watching a movie without working out. So I know it sounds ridiculous, but now my free time, I've actually missed so many movies and stuff. It's actually been really relaxing to just watch a movie. And I know that sounds terrible because most people yeah. watch hundreds of movies a year. I don't. So now sporadically over the last few weeks, I've learned instead of throwing myself into my work 80 hours a week, I don't need to do that. Sometimes it's fun just to turn on a shitty movie. So as far as having a hobby, it's, um, I, I'll be honest with you. I feel guilty when I do hobby things um, simply because I could be working on the horse racing. I could be working on my business and I'm, I'm very much probably addicted to that to some degree it's because if I try to do if, say like painting for instance which I think is a fabulous hobby if I were be, if I were painting I would get a point to where I'm like this doesn't look good or That's I'll just go back and do this fucking thing that I'm good at that I know I can get a lot done and it's kind of the thing about running your own business is if you don't attend to it today it's going to be there tomorrow so it's not like you ever get away from it there is a, a joy to working a job where you can get off work at five o'clock and put your, put your head down or put your, you know, just put your mind off, take the brain off and do whatever the fuck you want. I really haven't had that. So, yeah, I'm just learning now that maybe I can, uh, maybe I can enjoy something as simple as a movie. I can relate to that. Cause like when I'm painting it or, and I just, I'm not good at it. I just started it and I, I just calls it that documentary, but when I'm doing something like that, it's relaxing, but at the same time, my brain starts going, well, you could be doing this. Like, I don't watch movies anymore. The only time I ever watch movies is when I'm on the elliptical, and I'll watch, like, two movies back-to-back, -back, so I'll be all in there for, like, four hours or something. Oh, shit, yeah. That's, those are my cardio days. And then – um, but when I'm in my room and stuff, I'm either sleeping or I'm on my phone on – just trying to get guests for the show because like I do, and I don't know if it's eventually going to pay off and I don't really expect it to, but it'd be nice if it did. But with all the work that I put into this, it's a lot of fucking work. 
And I'm trying to put, like, I'm good at putting into one thing and doing as much as possibly being consistent with it to watch it grow. But then even when I'm painting or doing something, even when I'm sitting out on my back porch, like just enjoying the sun or trying to get some sun, I'm like, I could be doing this. I could be doing this. And I'm like, how do you get the mind to shut, shut off? If it's not focused on one thing, it's focused on everything. And I'm like, that's the hard part. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree with you hundred percent. That is difficult. And I'm trying to get better at it again. I've, you know, I'm 50. I'd like to tell you that I'm good at it, but even at 50, I haven't figured out how to do it. And my only hope is one day, maybe I make enough money to where I can actually retire. And if I make enough money to actually retire, maybe I don't have to worry about grinding all the time. And then maybe at that point, I'll find a hobby. Until then, it's, and I, it really is sad that I do believe it's, it's a shame. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how kids your age are ever going to retire. But uh, it's it's difficult. I mean, I've I've worked my whole life and I've tried to save money. My wife saved money, and you know we're I'm not sure when or if we can retire anytime soon. But you know we're trying, and you see nowadays companies at least you know one thing that is nice during the pandemic that has happened uh, is that people companies are finding out you can't pay people eight, $9 an hour and treat them like shit and drag them around and they'll do it the rest of their life. That's why you have seeing places like Penn station where my son works, my 16 year old son, he makes $15 an hour, 16 years old, because they don't have employees to do things anymore. But even at $15 an hour, you're never going to retire off that money. And it's difficult. I'm not sure how, I'm not sure how people are going to really ever not work like a dog. Do you, um, with the horse racing game, for instance, if you're just trying to put all your time into that now, how, how, what, what do you have left on it to finish? Cause I mean, that's something sounds like something I would like to get interested in too. You need people to it, be a part of it. It's funny because I've been, I've been doing this game for 20 some years. I haven't had as many op opportunities to spend tons of time redeveloping it. Uh, I wrote it originally back in like 97, 98, I think it started on maybe even 96, a, a small version before it hit the internet. And I learned how to create code on the internet while I was writing it. So I didn't do a very good job. So I rewrote it about 2011, 2012. Well, since then, mobile phones have even become more prevalent and I didn't make it very mobile compliant. And I used to have a viewer that actually, I got a new viewer just this week, which cost me a lot of money, but I got it. But I had a viewer and because of changes in MPAPI security, my old viewer quit working. That's why you don't see uh, Macromedia Flash and you don't see Unity as much anymore. It's because MPAPI was, they deprecated it. So that's, all those technologies went away with it. So it's one of those things where the game, if the game is written, the game by and large is written, it's great, but it's always just keeping up. And then you'll get, people have questions, people have problems, people, it's, it's really kind of just, right now I'm rewritten the back end of it to be a lot that's again, that's another thing that's changed technologically. I didn't even think about this, but that's what I spent most of the first half of this year doing is that 10 years ago, you couldn't afford cloud technology. It was too expensive. It was one of those nice theories, but only the richest could afford to be in the cloud. Any more cloud technology is cheaper than on-prem technology. So I needed to move because I had a server in my home. So if my internet went down, my horse racing game went down, my home internet. So I had to get it in the cloud to make it more, more viable. Well, that was a whole rewriting aspect of getting things cloud ready and moving it to different. And so it's, there's always something it's technology. You're always going to be, for me, it's as much chasing technology. Uh, at the end of the year, I spend probably about 80 hours 
researching for the upcoming year. Actually, probably more than that, probably a whole month. So but I have to stay on top of it because my horse racing game is based on horses that actually exist in real life. So I have to go through and I have to try to read all the articles about all the horses that are retiring that I'm going to put into my game. And it becomes this whole, it's just a lot of work, just like anything. I mean, that's the thing is, you know, when somebody looks at a job or looks from the outside of something, they're like, well, that, you know, is it ever going to be done? And the truth is, is if I, if it was ever done, it would get stale. And that's why you see new versions of Madden every year, new versions of NBA 2K every year. It's not like they created one version of NBA 2K and just reload the players. And they do make changes. So it's, there's always a constant flux of you got to keep it interesting. You got to keep the players interested. They have great ideas. I implement great ideas. I try to implement their ideas as great as I can. And yeah, it's just a, it's just a constant. If you have an online game, it's an interesting reality because it's not even like you sell a CD and don't worry about it. It becomes a people start, people have a question. People learn how to manipulate a system because, and then you have to try to figure out. That is the one thing I've learned from running this game particularly is you can never be smarter. You might be the smartest guy in the room, but you can never be smarter than the swarm. They will always figure out somebody within the hundreds or thousands of people that play always figure out an angle. And the next thing they're working an angle and then somebody else is working the angle and then people are getting pissed that somebody's working an angle that I should have figured out how to stop. But I didn't know. I didn't think anybody would ever you just play need more way. people. Yeah, it's, it really is. It's a it's a numbers problem for me. And I don't make enough money off of it to have more people. So it becomes, you know, me versus the world, so to speak. So it's well, just, if we it's get a, a libertarian in office, we can fucking get you a cloning <laughs> machine. No, I'm just kidding. Oh man, I would, I would hate to clone myself. I would be in, I, I, I would, wouldn't put up with myself too long. I'd be like, hey, that motherfucker. So yeah, is it? Off, I don't have that. Now, is there a high possibility of it actually like taking off and going into something if you're able to get all the technology on? Do like, do you just need more people? Uh, more people would help a lot. I think that's the one thing is that it's I'm a one man show. So I write the I write the back end code. I write the Internet code. I write the game. Uh, it's I answer the emails. You know, I, I do it all. So I'm, I'm the IT guy and the human resources guy. I have to handle the taxes. It's it's a whole thing. So, yeah, more people would help. And I guess theoretically, um, I say this, I think horse racing, sadly, is a dying sport. So I'm not sure if it will ever be huge. But I have been approached by people that were interested potentially, you know, if the game reaches a certain point, maybe I'll be able to go back to them and that they, they were interested in the concept of the game. They really liked the game itself, but it wasn't at a point. Uh, it needs to be massaged. It needs to be prettier. It needs to be more presentable before I can get it to a point where somebody go, yes, I'd be interested in, in, in buying that. And at the same time, even then, that, that's another thing is I've been doing this 20 some years. Uh, it's technically my baby. So yeah. in that regard, I'm not sure that I could ever just give it to somebody else. It might have to be, look, I'm fine giving you 49% of the profit for some money, but I still need control. I still need the ability to do what I know is right for the players. Cause I really do think, and not to brag on myself, but I really do think that my players, I've been doing it 20 some years in that time I've earned their trust and it's hard to trust a game. It's hard to trust people you don't know. And over that point in time, I have players that send me money uh, for kind of up buy-ups in the game, et cetera. But if they didn't trust me and they didn't trust my vision, they wouldn't do that. And in turn, if I just sold it to somebody, I think the game would be – I couldn't do that to them. I've known some of these people over 20 years. I'm actually meeting a, a guy I met from my horse racing, and he is coming into town solely to see me today. He's actually going through uh, from New York to Florida, and he is coming by just to say, hey, 
so yeah i mean i've made some great friends this way too i think right now is probably your best time to try and get like more support at least when it comes to like maybe it's just you can get some more money out of it too um not just with the people that are already loyal to the game but just this is a the weirdest time ever is that people are willing to support content like that's, that's right. the like so i was urged finally to the point of like people pressuring me to make a patreon which i eventually did which you don't get any exclusive shit it's just how much you want to support the show if you like the work that i put into it and people do that all the time you'll see people on twitch donating like a thousand dollars just to get their name to pop up on the fucking screens like thanks for <laughs> the money bro and the dude just glosses over it because it's one of so many people that do this type of shit and it's like yeah, yeah people are more than willing they have a dollar or something laying around to be able to toss that and every little bit helps helps yeah it is and i think you're right i do think that we're at a point now where people do understand that uh content is king and if people you know entertainment is something that's i remember with my horse racing and people used to be people used to ask me all the time they're like why does why do people even spend money it's just a game i'm like why do you go to the movies what's entertainment i was like do you get the movie no you don't even get a physical copy of the movie no so you just threw six dollars away. Why the fuck do you do that? Well, that's different. No, it's not different. People give money to my horse racing game and they actually get something that they can use. Some people are using horses that they owned 20 years ago, literally 20 years ago, because they can breed to them. So you can have buy something in my game and have it for 20 plus years. So, yeah, people have we are in a point now where people do realize that, especially back to the NFTs, kind of in this theoretical uh, thing that can exist in a different reality, as good or bad as that may be. This is a recurring content that in a way creates itself depending on the players that play. So it is, uh, it's a, it's unique. And there are other, I'm not unique in that regard. There are a lot of other people that do it, but it is, it's a unique thing that didn't exist 20 years ago. People just couldn't wrap their head around it. Have you made it customizable to where you can put like different equipment or different gear onto your horse? Like if you're going to want to change the ropes out or anything? Well, yes and no. I actually, I think I mentioned, I just finished a new viewer last week. I had to pay a guy quite a bit of money, but uh, I kind of helped, helped him develop it, but he developed the graphics. I, mean, I can't do graphics. I can't paint, can't draw, terrible at all that shit, but he did a great job with that. So now that this new viewer is, is available, uh, I do plan on allowing people to put blinkers on, et cetera, put leg wraps on. As far as how it affects the game, I'm not 100% sure how one do that, but they do... Uh, I know we have it where they can have their own silks. So you can have your, you have your colors or whatever you want on your silks. So yeah, it's a, you know, it's a personalized experience as they go. I mean, if there's farming simulator, this it's, it's so simple to just the craziest thing about like for me and for my buddy, he was telling me he likes to play Forza, but he just customizes the car. He just likes to get a lot of money and then customize the car. And I'm like, how's that fun? He goes, just try it. I pick out the car I want. Let's say I want a 19, whatever fastback start customizing the fastback. It gives me all these options to change out the wheels, customize the rims, also change the bumpers, change the engine, do all this stuff. So I'm like, this shit's fucking fun. He's like, isn't it? That's why there's car mechanic simulator. Want to buy it? I'm like, dude, yeah, the customizable thing for kids nowadays, that's everything. People will put little uh, brackets into their Crocs, those little butt, those yeah. pins. People right. love that now on video games. You can actually customize your character because I think it gives you more of a an exclusion acts or inclusive aspect to it, which is that you're mm -hmm. kind of, you're still part of the group, but you're also doing your own individual unique thing. Yeah. yeah and that's honestly where I see uh, NFTs inside video games. Uh, and again, theoretically, they're already NFTs. We're putting them on a blockchain, 
where people can buy and sell it outside the game and it, it goes into the game. But yeah, that's, that's what happens now. There's like limited edition items. And it's like, ooh, I got to get a limited edition item. And then you're walking around with a limited edition item and everybody's going, oh, well, look at that motherfucker. He's got limited and he thinks he's hot shit. So yeah, but there's kind of the, that you get to do, you know, kind of, you get to do things however you want to do in your own little reality. But then you have these, these nice perks. It's like, you know, 1,000 of these exist in the game and you're one of the lucky guys that got it and you can strut around with it and act like you're big shit. It's kind of like when I play World of Warcraft, like a couple, see, this is the thing. If I'm not doing a podcast, I was mm-hmm. like, I want to play World of Warcraft. And this was back before I was posting an episode a day. For a while, I was just, because I do them in person, it was hard oh. to get just random people to come over to your house every day. So it was like once every <laughs> week or so. Um, that was like for the first hundred before I figured out Zoom. And I was playing World of Warcraft. Dude, I leveled up to 94 from level one in three days. I didn't sleep. All I did was work out and go to the bathroom. Shit, dude. And I was like, damn it. And then when I would see somebody like, oh, here's a dragon. You can buy it for $7.99. I would see someone flying around with it. People go, oh, my God, look how badass that dude's dragon is. I'm like, that's $7.99. Yeah. That's $7.99. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's amazing. But people, it, it you do have to, again, kind of, you have to recalibrate your thinking when you get in these worlds. It's kind of interesting. And some people, some people play my game and don't spend a dime. And some people spend more money for different things. So it's you know, some people don't mind spending the money. Some people are just completely against it. They're not going to do it. And there's a, there's a place for, for both types of people in my game. I appreciate the ones that spend a little money because it gives me an opportunity to keep the game going. If nobody paid anything, it would cost me like 300 and some bucks a month to run it. And then I wouldn't be able to run it because I couldn't afford $300. And then there wouldn't be a horse race game. So it's good that we have, we have at least people that are giving money to these, these causes. Well, Mike, I appreciate you for doing my podcast again. I'd like to have you back on sooner whenever you get more time. Um, yeah. is, is there a place people can find whack brackets? And if you have any links to your game or if you have any links sure. that you want to provide also. Sure. I'll tell people about whack brackets because I don't do it as much anymore. I think I still have a couple of episodes I do need to release. But if you want to check out whack brackets, you can do so on the Instagrams and the tweeters. But it is mainly a podcast. So go check out the Instagram, the Twitter at Whack Brackets, that'll get you to either one of them. You can check out Whack Brackets on your social media, or you can check out Whack Brackets on your music platform. So yeah, if you had Spotify or Apple, go check it out. Still send me an email, mike at whackbrackets.com. I'll get that. As far as the horse racing game, which I'm really trying to promote now, uh, you can go to ehorseracing.com and that will get you there. I do plan on cleaning the front end up quite a bit over the next several months. That is my initial goal. It's not very mobile friendly, but it is still pretty lap or screen friendly big screen friendly so yeah come over and play get to see my 3d viewer that i spent a lot of money on and i'm just crying about three or four times in this episode but no check me out i'd love to have whoever and i'll make you a deal if you actually come from the show and say i saw you or heard you on out of the blank and send me that i will give you a free ten dollars worth of credit Ooh, that's an incentive i'm definitely probably going to check it out and sign up because i don't know a whole lot about horse racing so you might have to teach me. I might have to be getting some side advice from you, Mike. That's okay. The funny thing is, is especially early on, now there's so many games on the internet. When I first put the game on the internet, there weren't a lot of games. And I used to get a lot of people that had no idea anything about horse racing, but they were just starving to play something. I'm kind of an interactive multi-user online experience. And, and they would tell me all the time, it's like, I don't know anything about horse racing, but I really love your games. Some people do it. You don't have to know a lot about horse racing. It's it's a relatively simple sport, honestly. You have a horse, you pick the race, you pick the distance, you pick the surface. It's not, not that difficult. Is there cheat codes to like put an injection of steroids into my horse before he races? <laughs> you know, I've honestly 
thought about that, but mm-hmm. I just did, couldn't bring myself to do it. I was like, somebody's going to get pissy and I don't blame them, but yeah, I, I think that would definitely add a new element to the game. Let's be honest. People cheat in horse racing all the damn time. So in reality, it would make my game more realistic, but I don't have cheating and I don't allow people, actually horses never get permanently injured. They might get injured, but they'll come back at a hundred percent. So yeah, you ain't got to worry about that. You don't hear a gunshot in the back. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. I don't know if you've ever watched horse racing, but yeah, you can tell the bad shit's happening because they'll put the equine ambulance out there. And if they have to put it down, they'll put a curtain around the horse. They'll actually just inject the horse right there and throw it in there. So yeah, if you ever see an equine ambulance with a curtain around it on a track, horses did. Oh my God. What are we talking about here? Horse they don't racing take them a, to a farm? No, but the thing is, is horses have, and I would love to tell you uh, at, a, at a much higher detail, but because of the way their bones are structured and their legs is if a horse breaks its leg, you've heard the term, oh, you had to put it down if it breaks its leg. If it breaks it right, you're 100% serious because a horse has to stand. It can't just lay down. So yeah, a horse has to stand. If it breaks its leg, you really, unless you keep it in a sling, they actually did that, I think, with a horse named Blushing KD. I think she, I think she hurt herself to a point where they actually kept her in a sling because she was a filly and she was still making a lot of money um, as a filly. But yeah, they had to artificially inseminate her so she could only run. Uh, she could only run what are they called? The sprint races. I can't even think of the name of that. But yeah, because she couldn't be considered a thoroughbred anymore because I actually have a thoroughbred. They have to breed actual breeding. You have to take a male inseminate the horse you can't do artificial insemination blah 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 but yeah it's it's legit it's it's a crazy sport and if you if you don't know what a teaser stallion is you need to look up what a teaser stallion is do you want to know what a teaser stallion is i'm gonna look it up you can tell me i will tell you why you're looking it up literally what happens is to keep this especially the stallions safe because these are the most valuable animals the very high cost stallions to keep them safe what they do is they have kind of a secondary, a poor horse, a, a layman horse that probably has a big horse penis. And he goes and he kind of like gets the mare all riled up and then they pull him away and let the stallion come in and finish him off. I'm not mad at that. <laughs> but it's an, it's an interesting concept. You don't, you know. They, I should just let you tell me it instead of me looking it up because now I'm going to be put on a fucking watch list. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? It's, it's a real thing. It's not like I'm like, hey, I think that's the thing. If I explained this to somebody and said I was the first person to do that, I would probably be arrested and that'd be okay. But it's just fine and accepted that they just use these Caesar stallions to lather up female horses and they just bring in the stallion to finish off the business. Well, I appreciate everybody for listening to this episode of the Blade <laughs> Podcast. Uh, stay tuned for our next episode.